This is Abrupt Future, the podcast on the future of work that happened faster than we thought. Each week, we feature conversations with experts in leadership, management, human resources, culture, and technology to help you succeed in this new normal. This is your host, Benoit Ardivalé. Welcome to Abroad Future. Today on the show, we speak with Amir Salihefendic, who is the founder and CEO of Doist, a company he founded in 2007 when he created a task management app to Doist from his dorm room in college. And it has a long history after that, but I want to hear you, Amir, telling us the, the backstory. First of all, Thank you so much for joining and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. And, you know, I hope I can share something about how we started, but also just about like remote first and like asynchronous communication, which we are really all about. But maybe I can just like start uh, presenting the company and what we do and how we actually got yes. started. We are like a company of about 75 people spread around 35 countries or I don't know, over 30 countries. And we have been like remote first for like, over 10 years now. So we have a lot of experience with this and we also do two apps. One is Todoist, which is like a task management app. It's I think it's probably the most popular right now. And then Twist, which is kind of like our take on team communication. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started this many years ago, I think 13 now uh, from my dorm room because I just wanted to kind of create a tool that can manage and organize my own life. And then after that, it has basically grown. And right now we kind of have this like very unique company uh, with a lot of nationalities. And we're kind of trying also to solve some really hard problems such as like team organization, personal organization and team communication. And it sounds like at some point in the evolution of the company, you tried some messaging app and other platform for communication and you were not happy with the results. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the thing for us and, um, you know, is kind of like we try to think uh, like from the first principles and we don't really try to copy what others have been doing. So actually, like we were one of like some of the first uh like first move was to Slack. So we adopted that very quickly, but we kind of found out very, uh, maybe not that soon, but like after a year of usage that it was a really like anti-platform for actually getting stuff done and communicating like the, like the best way possible. And especially like with our setup where we have, you know, people spread around the world, we don't really have work hours. Uh, it can be very hard to actually, you know, like, chat and be real time and connected all the time so this was like really huge anti-pattern for us and uh, so we, we tried to kind of look on the market for another solution but the thing is like everybody's kind of copying uh, slack uh, and nobody was really like trying to come up with a new way of, of communicating and also a way where you don't need to be connected all the time and you can also like be disconnected and also like work for like two or three hours alone on a hard problem uh, without like all of these interruptions and all of this chit chat. And then like even right now, you know, like a lot of companies are, are moving remote, but they are doing like in a very bad way from our end because, you know, most of, of this is kind of like real-time chat combined with like meetings all day long. And this really produces like a, a very, I think, bad and unproductive environment. Um, so, so for us, like um, what we kind of promote is kind of asynchronous communication 
This basically means that like you can um, you know send a message and you don't uh, expect an answer right away. And also a lot of our like communication, internal communication, is much more like uh, longer than usual. So it's not like one-liners, but you know when you send a message, it includes a lot of information. Uh, so you know the other person like maybe that's many time zones away from you can you know consume and respond back and you know give you another like lengthy message instead of like these you know short uh yeah like uh, one liners that that people send nowadays and just to play the the devil's advocate here but one might think that email was already an asynchronous communication exchange what did you found was missing in traditional email communication yeah honestly like i think uh, email is you know one of the best communication platforms that has been invented and if you also look now like you know there's like over 1 billion people probably that use email daily while these chat apps you know they have like under 100 million uh, users uh, most of them uh, so still like email is actually a very very good asynchronous tool good communication tool the problem with email though is kind of like it's a very outdated um like a protocol and uh, you know just for like i mean i can give you some examples why it's problematic but like you can't really link to stuff uh, and everybody kind of has their own version of like a thread uh, you know depending on like who was looped in or not so you don't really have like this global uh, uh you know uh, like a global database of your team communication but more is like spread across like these inboxes and this is especially problematic, like if you, you know, um, get like CC'd in on a conversation, like a lot of times you can't really like clearly see, you know, what the status is and you can like really easily even like loop in people or like link to stuff and even search is also broken. And then you have a lot of other stuff such as like you can't really react to stuff. You don't have like these modern uh, tools such as, uh, you know, emojis and like, you know, that make also communication a bit more fun and relaxed um so all in all like email is still i think amazing tool but like for team communication especially you know for building like this knowledge base for your company uh it's not really that great yeah so it sounds like you brought the asynchronous qualities of email in a more modern and, and collaborative environment that we typically associate with social media networking platforms so it sounds like you you brought a, a bit of the the best of both worlds together. Exactly, exactly. And actually, like some of our like uh, design inspirations, what's was like email, uh, WhatsApp, or Messenger, and then Slack. So we have basically gone in and copied like most of the great things about these platforms. But we kind of tried to make it in a way that's kind of not super addictive and that also lets you and your team kind of disconnect. Because honestly, I think like that's a problem that we have in, in today's society is like it's very hard to disconnect from technology. And also like this, you know, always on, it's very demanding for people, especially like even right now, like if you have kids at home, which a lot of us do, you know, it's very hard to be like in meetings all day long. It doesn't really scale that well. And I think that's an important point that you're bringing here because if we are to be working remotely yet we still spend our days in meetings we're not necessarily embracing what technology 
can provide us. Because if you start working truly remotely, then maybe we don't need to be on the same call at the same time or responding to email within the hours. So by having a shared environment where you can trace the conversation, the work in progress without having a toll on the employee's personal and professional life where suddenly they need to be responsive, to be on, to check for notification all the time, right? Is, is that the logic yeah, that's going on here? Exactly. And honestly, you know, like something to note as well about this is like our employee retention over the last five years, it's like over 90%. So almost like nobody actually leaves the company. And I think this is like very related to, um, you know, the like the freedom that we give people and uh, uh, that you have like full flexibility and full, full freedom of your life and that you can actually work whenever you want and wherever you want. Um, and of course, like, you know, if you don't really embrace, uh, if you just embrace, you know, remote working or like working from home, but you don't really have like this uh, asynchronous as the default model, then I don't really think you take all the advantages. And honestly, like, I think like the freedom and happiness aspect is one of them. This, the, the other one is kind of like, uh, producing great work and a lot of stuff like what we have found out is you know like great work is not really producing these like one-liners and like in a super stressed environment where everybody's like connected all the time and like we need to respond all the time like great work is actually done when you can like deeply work on a problem and you know like formulate it and like present it in, in a great way and then like other people can read that consume that and then come with like with a counter argument or like counter version of that so like our work is also like much more structured, like deep work instead of like, you know, uh, this uh, like shallow work that is happening across all types of organizations nowadays. Do you have any idea why we are still relying so much on synchronous communication? I mean, just in speaking in theoretically, why isn't it more common to have a asynchronous approach to work? Synchronous communication is a lot uh, more addictive and a lot more fun. Um, so, and that's maybe why we make these decisions that we do. Like we don't actually like rate them on if it's actually good for our work or for our lives, but more like, you know, is it like fun in the moment? Uh, so it's kind of like maybe like related to drugs, you know, like it's fun in the moment, but then like the aftershocks are, can be quite, uh, quite uh, dramatic. Yeah. So, so, um, that would be my guess. And also like a lot of these platforms, like they are really built with like, um, dark patterns that actually are optimizing for like, engagement and, you know, that you're as engaged and as addicted to the platform as, po as much as possible. That isn't really a great way either to, to like design a communication app. So I think that's also something to play. It's just basically like, what are these companies optimizing for? Is it kind of like, like your well-being or your productivity? I don't think so. Like, I think they're optimizing for like, how long you are connected? How many messages you send? No, it's it's true. There, there's probably a fine line between engagement and addiction, and sometimes it's hard to figure which one is which. I guess one way that asynchronous communication would work is when you 
have trust between uh, leaders and the workers or between managers and their direct because it means that suddenly I don't have the ability to check instantly or to know instantly if you receive my message, if you acknowledge it, if you're doing something with it. So you probably, but you or your client are probably developing a very trust-based approach to work where you empower the employee, trust that things will happen and bring the conversation a little bit more on outcomes and results rather than presence and busyness. Exactly. I think you touched like a, a really important point that I think is also very problematic in today's like environment is kind of like how you judge great work. Uh, so, you know, like you can actually work like 12 hours per day, but not really produce great stuff, you know, like <laughs> that, that, uh, that shouldn't really like be the, um, the indicator of you doing a great job or not. And also I think like with a lot of this work that's like leveraged by technology and just like, you know, ideas is that you can kind of like work for two hours and do something amazing that has huge amounts of impact and so you know like our work nowadays is more like based on creativity and coming up with like great solutions to like hard problems and not so much like this factory work you know where you need to like put x amount of hours in to get like x amount of like output like uh, i think we have moved away from this but it seems like you know we have taken like this old school approach like factory approach to like knowledge work which seems off and seems wrong Um, yeah what would be your recommendation for a company who wants to say start using twist and move to a more asynchronous way of working any guidelines recommendation and best practices you would have sure Uh, honestly i think like um, it really starts kind of with trust like i think you need to trust the people you work with and if you don't have that trust i think it can be very hard to actually make this work and maybe you have also like hired the wrong people Um, because like you know in our modern environment it's also there's a lot of surveillance like even in like the current remote like some of these remote companies, you know, they, they kind of try to control and figure out like what are people actually doing. But I think this is a whole like wrong approach. Uh, so maybe like start just like trusting by default. And if you can't really trust your people, like maybe you have hired like the wrong ones. Uh, other than this, I think um, something we have done like for over like 10 years now, it's kind of written about this. So we have like an amazing blog, uh, the Doist blog, where we have shared like the best practice that we have learned. We also have Twist uh, remote guides where we actually, with some other like remote first companies, created like guides. For instance, how to do remote hiring, uh, remote project management, uh, and remote like any asynchronous communication. And we go like in really deep details on like the best practices and like tips on how to get. But honestly, I think like as a lot of other stuff, like if you don't start with the right people, it does not really matter what process or like a communication model you pick. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I think it's really important that that that, that uh, you you start like from the like uh, great foundations and then like use this as a tool to kind of amplify uh, your people and like your work. And are you still using some form of synchronous communication? And if so, how do you balance the both together? Is there a magical ratio somewhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like something uh, that should be said is like. Um, you should not go 100% asynchronous. Like we have actually tried this like some years ago and uh, you still kind of like need to have like meetings, for instance, one-on-one meetings with people. Uh, 
uh, where you can actually see them. You also still need to meet people in real life. So we do like team retreats and like company-wide retreats where you actually, you know, can have like a, a dinner and get some drinks in and like meet people on a much more personal and relaxed level. Um, so like we are not really saying that you should go like all in or asynchronous, like you should still have a bit of synchronous. So what we do is maybe like 70% asynchronous and then 30% is like synchronous. It's like chat, it's like meetings and stuff. Yeah. And also I'm curious to hear from you since you're leading an organization that is distributed across time zone and countries. How do you create a sense of community of being one organization with a common purpose? I mean, honestly, like something that helps a lot uh, is uh, kind of like having a company like mission uh, and like also making that clear what that is, like making your core values clear. Um, like we were actually very late to actually do this, but I think it's a huge help and that's something I can really recommend. Um, and then also like once you have those clear, like when you hire people, like make sure that they actually want to work on the mission that, that you're passionate about or the company is passionate about. So you're also like bringing the right people in that are actually passionate about the problem space that, that you're operating. Uh, yeah. So that would be like my uh, like uh, two or three like uh, best tips on, on this. Yeah. And I would be curious also to hear from your perspective when you look at the evolution of communication and collaboration technologies, where do you see that going in the future? Or maybe you have your own plan for your next app or the next uh, version of Twist. Uh, what's the future looking like for the type of technology? I mean, the thing to note is kind of like, first, like if you look at the stats, like most companies will actually be like remote, uh, maybe not fully, but like at least partially. Um, and they will like be spread around like different time zones different offices and etc uh, so that's kind of the future and if you look at like most of these remote first companies like fully distributed companies uh, right now and you know some of them have like thousands of, of people like they actually operate asynchronously as default because that's the only way you can actually scale this and also you know like man maintain like your well-being and uh, productivity so so i think kind of like the future is like you know remote and it's also asynchronous probably like most organizations should kind of like be prepared for this but the thing is like most of them they are still kind of operating in the past where you know like most uh, like a lot of like work gets done in meetings a lot of work is now pushed like to these real-time uh, like online chat channels and this is definitely a, a step backward i think you know that's something i, I hope like I, i hope that the world like becomes more remote and also like more asynchronous and that also uh, teams take advantage of this and i think like there's huge amount of advantages there there are also some like disadvantages on this but freedom you know and uh, of the people and freedom for your company to hire like great talent anywhere like that's almost like a superpower that that, uh, that will be also like a huge competitive advantage compared to like a company that can only hire in like a city or even just one time zone uh, yeah And that's probably what you've been doing, right? Because, I mean, you you have pretty much an average of, you know, two people per country, right? I mean, if we, if you do the quick maths of the number of employees divided by number of countries. So it sounds like you've been leveraging this, uh, this global talent pool. Any recommendation on how to reach out for people? I mean, are you reaching out to people around the world? Do people find you? 
how do you build a talent pipeline around the world? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like initially, I think it's really hard to do that. Um, but as you go and, you know, build a brand, uh, it becomes much easier. So right now, you know, like when we post uh, a job ad, like we get like thousands of applicants from all around the world. And uh, that's one thing. Uh, but like as you when you start out, like this can be very hard to replicate. The thing is like you have job boards. So like we uh, I think it's we work remotely. Um, it's one of them. And you can actually post your job at there and you actually get people you know applicants from all around the world that are interested in remote work and actually like there's a huge demand for a remote job uh, right now um, so you know like if you want to experiment with this like you can definitely you know find a lot of people that are actually very interested and eager to, to do this but of course i think like um you know a lot of like our applicants like sign up or like want a job at this because it's a remote job but it's kind of like a uh, anti-pattern like we want actually people that w that want to solve the problems that we want to solve and like remote should just be like a small perk or like you know uh, in addition to that it's not be like i think like maybe you will hire the wrong people if they're only interested in like the remote aspect of a job yeah exactly right it should be one of the aspect but not the main driver and and we might think that in the near future organization who are successful in really embracing their remote working will certainly be popular with uh, talent around the world but then they will need to engage this talent because it's one thing to attract it you also need to engage it so that they can fully contribute to the to the organization no that is spot on yeah i mean uh, yeah <laughs> Anything else you've been doing to drive a high level of engagement? Because obviously you were mentioning your high level of retention. Um, so working from home, certainly something that people enjoy. But then what else have you been doing to drive that sense of engagement in your employees? I mean, um, you know, it's hard to do this like in this COVID period, but I think like uh, company retreats are really important and team retreats are also really important to just like build personal bonds. So even as like a remote first organization, I think you kind of like need to meet people and like bond on them because, you know, we are still like uh, very social at, at our core. And I think it's a very important aspect. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we can't really do this in this environment, but I still think, You can kind of do stuff that can, like you can, for instance, like set up like uh, games and play games with with your people. Or, you know, we have like these casual hangouts where you basically meet random people from the company and just like chat for an hour with them. Um, and these are usually very fun conversations. Um, but, you know, uh, like these are kind of like patches. Uh, like, uh, like my biggest recommendation here would be to actually meet people <laughs> in real life and like build these bonds. And... Of course, like that combined with like, you know, company like mission and like it should be a long term one, the core values uh, and just like the culture that you have inside a company that, that those are very. Yeah. And I'm thinking also from a admin or leadership perspective, when you start using a system like Twist, do you have access to organizational metrics or team statistics to get a sense of people's activities, who is the biggest influencer, right? Not to monitor or create a sense of surveillance, but really to get insights about how people work and how best we can help them. We do have like 
aggregates. So like, you know, how, how many messages, like private messages and like threads and comments have been posted, but we don't have it like on an individual or team level. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think like this is, um, like we have discussed this in the past, but it's kind of like a very you know thin line. And if you like build these tools, then they can easily be like misused by like bad, you know, leaders and, and companies to kind of track people instead of like just using it to amplify the the communication. Yeah. So th- th- that's kind of like a problematic because like that's also something we always think about is kind of like, like respect, respecting like the privacy of people and like having great defaults. So it can really be misused. Yeah, it's finding the balance between uh, being cool and creepy. And sometimes you you might err on the side of being cool rather than creepy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So what does the, the future look uh, for you now? Are you growing the, the company? Are you exploring other technologies, other platform, uh, building an ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we have expected uh, to like have a slow growth like reduce growth with like this whole crisis but we actually seen a lot of growth and a lot of interest in our product so that probably means that we need to like invest more like hire more people and actually tackle this and honestly i think like also like we are one of the only like asynchronous uh, team communication apps out there you know and we are like some of the few like remote first companies that have like over 50 employees in the world um so we are like really on like um like um, we are wrong or like we are just working in the future of how maybe a lot of other organizations will work in like five to 10 years from now. Um, and we also feel like there's still so much work to be done to actually like improve this and make this like the most, uh, like the best way to actually work together. So also for us, like as a company, like, you know, inventing the future of work and making that like much better than what we have right now it's kind of like a core priority. And honestly, like, I think like what we have right now is kind of like a, a plateau, you know, it's kind of like a, a local maximum. And, you know, what we want to do is kind of like have a new solution that's maybe like 10, 10 times better than, than, than we what have now. And then like really empowering like teams and companies all around the world to embrace this. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure if it's possible. Uh, it's a really, really like high ambition and like really hard problems to, to solve. Uh, and not only like from the technological aspect, but also like, you know, uh, like mental and psychological and just like team dynamics and like company uh, dynamics wise. Like there's a lot of huge problems in this. Yeah. So I'm just like giving a, a a, a bit of like what we are thinking about and what, what what we want to tackle yeah i mean it's uh very exciting because it's true in a way you are already in that future of work where you created this uh fully distributed remote first uh environment so we're going to be watching uh, eagerly what's coming out next and we we hope that you're message on asynchronous communication will be heard because of everything i've heard and seen and read about around remote work i found that this is the biggest gap it's the biggest blind spot for a lot of organization who have all the technology they have even the trust sometimes right it's not even a culture issue i I feel sometimes it's really a lack of awareness of thinking differently about the work and allowing for more deep work. So I, I found your 
providing a fantastic contribution to the the world of work and you know we're going to be watching to see where it goes maybe a last question for you of all the material that's uh, that you've been written and sharing online what do you recommend our Where do you recommend our listeners should be starting from? Um, I mean, something I would really recommend is like uh, Twist remote guides that we have written uh, with other companies that are kind of like remote first and over 50 people and that have been in the business for a long time, like working in this kind of context. Uh, so these guides like touch from hiring to like project management, communication, like tools that, that, that use in this type of environment. And they are kind of like, you know, our aggregate information, like the best, you know, tips that we have about this space and about like how to actually make this work. And not only like make it work, but like, you know, try it in this kind of environment and really like maybe, you know, do better work than you would from an office. Fantastic. So we'll make sure to share the links with everyone. Amir, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you being on the show and all the best for the next future. Thank you for having me. This was Abrupt Future. I hope you learned something valuable. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and any feedback or rating is greatly appreciated. On LinkedIn and in real life, my name is Benoit Hardy-Valley and I thank you for your time.